This is Radio Brockley. Welcome to the SCT Hour. I'm Sarah Wright, Head of Fundraising for the Skeletal Cancer Trust. Our charity effectively does three things, fund research, provide support and raise awareness. And the aim of this programme is really to boast about how great our charity is. We'll have interviews with people who have been involved in the care of patients here at the RNOH. We'll be inspired by people who fundraise for us and in awe of patients who come in, have their treatment and go on to live really great full lives. So we're going to start the programme today with one of my requests. If you have a song that you would like to be played on Radio Broccoli, you can request songs by contacting Radio Broccoli via the Patient Entertainment System or on extension 5483. And the website is radiobroccoli.org. So the first song I'm requesting is Mr Brightside by The Killers. That was Mr Brightside by The Killers. This is Radio Broccoli and you're listening to the SCT Hour. Coming up in today's programme, we're going to be talking to Hannah and Abby and they are two of the physios based here at the RNOH and they're involved in a new piece of research that we're doing around survivorship and this is really about trying to get people back to as active and as full a life as possible after their surgery here. We're also going to be listening to some highlights of the London Landmarks Half Marathon, which is a fantastic event that we enter a team into. It's a a great fundraiser and a great day out, so I actively encourage you to get involved in that. You can find out more about that on our website, scatboncancertrust.com. But before all of that, I was very lucky to be involved in... um, the official opening ceremony of the new RNOH hospital, the Stanmore building. And I have to say it was, it's going to have to be one of the highlights of my career, so far anyway. The, the buzz of the day was absolutely amazing. We had all sorts of uh, people who've been involved in making this hospital wonderful as well as uh, Prince Andrew and Princess Eugenie, who obviously had her surgery here when she was a teenager. Everybody was just full of excitement. Um, the, I, I just can't... Uh, you'll have to listen to the, the, the interviews, and actually you can, you can listen to that on Radio Broccoli on the YouTube page there um, and hear the highlights, and it... Keith does a really great job of describing the atmosphere and you really feel like you're in the room with it all happening around you. So I I really encourage you to listen to that. Um, I was asked if I would do a couple of interviews on the day and and thank you to Radio Broccoli for that. Uh, So here they are. Steve, should I say Mr Cannon, you, um, Anthony mentioned in his speech about it taking quite a while to get to this point and you have a lovely little anecdote about this. I, I've got a, a number of anecdotes, but the, the, the one I always like to recall is uh, when I was a very young man and I came to, uh, to the North West Thames uh, building to have my interview uh, for a consultant post here at the RNOH, which I was very, very fortunate to get. The year was uh, uh, Christmas 1987, uh, and uh, on the board interviewing me were a number of 
dignitaries in the London medical world, including a number of members of staff of the RNOH. And uh, as any young man, uh, I was very keen to know more about where I was going if I got the job. And I said, uh, looking around, uh, having looked around Stanmore at that stage, uh, and looking at its rather neglected appearance, uh, I said, well, I believe we're going to have a new hospital. And they all smiled and said very forcefully in Christmas 1987, oh, yes, you'll have a new hospital in three years. And, of course, that didn't materialise, uh, but... Uh, uh, my colleagues and myself, and particularly my good friend Tim Briggs, uh, worked extremely hard to keep things moving, and eventually the wheels turned slowly, and here we are in this wonderful building today, uh, which uh, I must say is extremely impressive, and the wards are extremely impressive and very different to the old-style uh, Nightingale wards in Nissen huts that we are so used to. So it's a great achievement by everybody concerned, uh, and uh, I'm delighted to uh, be here today. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, and I think this uh, poses a big opportunity for the hospital, and thank you for everything you've done to get us to this point. I'm absolutely delighted. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, uh, please continue to give both to the RNOH charity and to those of you who are like-minded to the Skeletal Cancer Trust, uh, which is obviously worked very hard to try and get a new environment for its patients and will continue to try and thrive on your behalf. I'm here with Professor Tim Briggs who has been absolutely instrumental in getting us to this point today. I think it's been a big achievement for the hospital but also for you personally. So how are you feeling about today? I think it's a testament today to many people who've gone before me actually as well as the current team to be resilient and stand by the ethos of what the RNOH is all about. And whenever we fought the fight for a new hospital, the key to our success was always the clinical outcomes and excellence that's here. And so by continually delivering that sort of outcome in buildings really, which weren't great, enabled us to win the argument, if you like. And today, seeing the building as it is and, and the feedback from patients is just fantastic, really. And what opportunities do you think it presents for us as a, as a hospital? I think in terms of where we are now, we're the safest we've ever been in terms of how we're perceived in the centre by the NHS. We've got phase two, which is a step-down rehab unit, which is going to start in June of this year, which is going to be about 70 beds and a parent's accommodation, and that's going to happen. And then we need to build the mirror image of this building on the other side of the road. And I think given where we are now within the NHS, there is now a complete sea change for hospitals like this are fantastic in terms of the outcomes and actually represent good value and as people some people know I'm one of the sarcoma surgeons here and with the charities that we have the hospital charity and the charity called SCAT which is the, the sarcoma charity I think it the future is looking very bright and it's, a, it's always been a privilege to work here to be honest. A church has was Nut Bush City Limit by Ike and Tina Turner. This is Radio Broccoli and you're listening to the SCT Hour. Now, listening back to the interviews with Steve Cannon and Tim Briggs, uh, it, it just reminded me 
I've done quite a few interviews in the studio with Radio Broccoli, but this was a, a, my first opportunity to really go out live and, and try and hunt people down for interviews. And all credit to, to people that do that. It's, it's harder than it looks. There was one point where I had managed to get hold of Tim Briggs and he wanted to go and get a trifle. And I knew that he was going to be going live any second. So I'm literally holding onto his arm, grabbing him, pulling him away from the dessert tray, saying, no, you're not going anywhere. Now, I don't know if you know Tim Briggs, but he's quite an important person. So I did feel quite cheeky at that point. Now, we're going to listen next to the interviews that I did with the physios here, um, Hannah and Abby. And it was a really a lovely opportunity to, to listen and talk about the work that they do. They do such an important job here. So many patients that I meet will say, you know, that, that the, the surgery that they get here, all of the aftercare is, is amazing. But actually, it's the physio that really returns them back to function and, and really sort of the physio team stay with people for a really long time. So that's coming up in just a few moments. Hi, I'm LBC's Steve Allen. You're listening to London's longest running hospital radio station, Radio Broccoli. Get well soon. Call us now with your requests on 0208 954 6591. With me now on Radio Broccoli, I'm pleased to have not one, but two of the RNOH's physiotherapists here with me. We have a fantastic physio team here at the RNOH, and part of the Skeletal Cancer Action Trust's work going forward is around survivorship. So it's great to have them with us today. We will hear more about uh, this amazing research during the interview, and I'm really excited to hear about it. So we have Abby McCarthy, she is an orthopaedic oncology physiotherapist, and Hannah Hughes, who is a Macmillan physiotherapist. Welcome to Radio Broccoli. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. So I think it would be really good for our listeners to hear uh, how you came to be involved in physiotherapy and how long you've been doing it for. So Abby, can you tell us your story of how how you came to be here? Um, so I became interested in physio when I was at secondary school, like everyone else, starting to think about what jobs you're going to do when you grow up. My granddad had a total knee replacement, um, and at that point I went to visit him in the hospital, saw what the physios were doing for him, and that kind of sparked my interest. I went to university, studied, qualified in year 2000, and then moved over to the RNOH about two years after qualification, having done my rotations elsewhere. And you've got a really interesting story about how you came to be involved in sarcoma, haven't you? So I came to RNOH and did rotations, um, as you do when you qualify. Moved around all the rotations and decided that I was going to move to do trauma on orthopaedics elsewhere. Just as I was about to move, they um, got some funding from Macmillan and created a consultant job. With that consultant job came an OT and a physio post and physio job was advertised. So I applied for the job on the sarcoma team as it was then and got the job and here I am now. Here you are now. And I believe that um, consultant is still here. It's famous. Yeah, Mr Pollock. Mr Pollock. Still here and still working, yeah. Excellent. And how about you, Hannah? I feel like our starts in physio were very similar. Again, got interested in secondary school when my nan had a total knee replacement (laughs) Um, and I spent some time on the ward um, with her 
Um, I've been qualified for 14 years. Um, I qualified in 2005 and I've been here for five and a half years now. Um, so I previously worked in trauma and orthopaedics in South London. Um, really enjoyed that. This job opportunity came up. Um, felt like a good challenge for me at the time. And here I am. Excellent. Um, so I think it'd be really, it's, it's good for us to understand sort of how a patient's journey kind of comes through um, here at this hospital. So how soon after surgery are the physio team involved in a patient's rehabilitation? We're involved very quickly. With some people we see them the day of their surgery, a couple of hours after. Um, others will see day one post-op um, and then we'll follow them through to discharge and beyond. A lot of people come back as outpatients or for rehab. Um, so we develop quite a lovely relationship with a lot of a lot of people. So you might see somebody intermittently over a, a, a really long period of time then? Yeah, we might pick them up on the wards and we're really fortunate we pick up local outpatients here as well. So we might follow someone through for 18 months. Um, Hannah and I both need on a 10-year follow-up clinic as well. So oh. some of the people will be seeing after they had their surgery 10 years ago and some of those we might remember from back in the day when they had their original surgery so we're in a really fortunate position and like Hannah says we get the opportunity to really get to know someone beyond um, what goes on for them at that point in time. Great that's really great. Um, so we talked uh, a little earlier when we were sort of preparing for this interview about the survivorship programme that we're going to be doing here, um, with some SCATS funding. So Abby, you explained to me um, that part of that plan is not to just come in after surgery. You're talking about looking at physiotherapy being involved before people come into surgery. Could you explain a bit more about that? Yeah, so like Hannah says, at the moment we pick people up from day one post-surgery, but research that's coming out now and um, the national guidance is suggesting that if we can prepare people for their surgery and for chemotherapy, for radiotherapy, they can um, take part in that treatment much more easily and therefore fitter throughout it. So we are hopeful that in the future, um, with this role coming on board, we can look at the evidence not only around survivorship beyond cancer, but also what happens before you start your surgery and your treatment. They talk very much about you wouldn't start a marathon without doing your training. Um, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery are quite harsh on the body. Mm. So there is um, evidence that if we can do some prehab, we call it, before you undergo those treatments, actually you'll be much stronger and complete your treatments in a better shape than you would have done beforehand. That's amazing. I just think this is such an exciting time. You must be really thrilled to be part of some of this research because you're going to be really going to, I think, new places for patients. This is really exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. And AHP is generally across the board we're trying to promote ourselves a lot better and show that we do have a role at various points along the pathway and we can be really effective. Um, so it is, it's a very exciting yeah. time. Very I think great. we've moved a long way from originally with cancer, it was very much about having your diagnosis and then being cured or having treatment to live for as long as you can and now the focus has very much moved towards the quality of life aspect which is where the research certainly comes in in terms of minimising the consequences of those treatments and maximising people's quality of life. It's not just about living, it's about living the way you want to be able to live. I think that's so great and I think that's exactly what SCAT tries to do through our sort of Live Life to the Full campaign 
So this is going to fit in really nicely, I think, with what with what we do as well. So that's really great. Um, Abby, a while ago you introduced me to the golf ball analogy, and I think it's it, it had a real impact for me. So would you mind telling us a bit about that campaign? Yeah. So um, the what they found is that um, we don't know an awful lot about sarcoma as the general public. Only 56% of the general public know what a a sarcoma is. Um, Therefore, when you you notice a lump or bump, you might not approach your GP very quickly to get a diagnosis. It's a rare disease as well, so a lot of GPs haven't seen it. Um, So a lot of evidence in the UK shows that we're not picking these sarcomas up very early, which can have a knock-on effect to um, curative treatment. So Rob Grimer, who was one of the consultants up in Birmingham, wrote a paper back in 2006, I think it was, about the size of a golf ball and the fact that if we could pick something up that was the size of a golf ball, the chances of a positive outcome are much greater. Um, And what in the UK at the moment, we're picking them up at about the size of a baked bean tin. So there's a big difference between the two. So it was a big campaign. Um, Sarcoma UK got behind it as well, sending out packs to GPs that had golf balls in with information about sarcoma. Um, I think 16,000 went out to GPs across the country to really, really raise awareness. Um, A lot of people know what a golf ball looks like and the size of it. So thinking about that in terms of referral and diagnosis. That also has has an impact on the surgeons in how they pick that up and obviously the oncologists in how they treat it. But from a physiotherapy perspective, obviously the less soft tissue, the less muscle, the less bone that has to be removed by a surgeon, the better the outcome is functionally for a patient. So from a physiotherapy perspective, the smaller the amount of tissue that comes out, the easier it is for us to do our job and get people back to good functional levels. And I'm looking here at the golf ball and the can of beans that you've brought in, and that's a you know that's a vast difference. Um, so I think that's an amazing campaign, and, and thank you for certainly introducing me to it. So I think at this point it would be really nice to hear about some of the um, incredible patients and people that you work with, um, and also. I'm interested to to find out if there's much of a difference between the way that perhaps adults and children approach their physiotherapy and their recovery. Um, so, could you tell us any about any uh, sort of general type of people that you that you treat here? Um, some of the people that we have on the ward for quite a long period of time can have quite large excisions from around their pelvis and the bottom of their spine um, with lots of soft tissue potentially taken away. Um, and that's obviously a really difficult time because they're on the ward for months potentially. We're quite far away from a lot of people's homes. Um, And it's amazing, actually, to then see these people further down the line as outpatients or when we bring them in um, for rehab, for example, and see how far they've come from what was really quite a challenging time for various different reasons um, to then be functioning to, you know, quite a good good level, very determined to get back to work um, and those sorts of things. 
We're very fortunate here, like Hannah says, to be able to bring people back in for rehabilitation. So although we see them on the wards in the acute setting, um, we can also bring them back for a week's <coughs> rehab further down the line, maybe when they've finished their chemo and finished all their other treatment, um, and they can shift towards that focus of perhaps wanting to get back to work, maybe wanting to be able to take the grandchildren out on a bike, um, for some people just to be able to get down onto the floor and make puzzles. Uh, so we often invite people back for a week's rehabilitation, having identified goals with them so sitting down and talking through actually what is it you want to achieve what do you want to be able to do and being quite realistic for some people will be able to adapt um, they might not be able to do something in the same way they could before but we m might be able to get them back doing that activity just in a different way uh, for some people it might be that we can rehabilitate them to a point where they're able to do the same as what they were doing prior to their surgery. And obviously at RNOH, we're really fortunate on site to have the Aspire sports facilities. Yes, that um, must be really helpful. Yeah, well, Hannah really enjoys swimming, so quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> of her patients get to go swimming. I take a lot of people swimming. <laughs> You're coming swimming today. <laughs> Swimming's really good because it's non-weight-bearing. Um, your body's really supported in the water, so when we're thinking about getting people back to a level of physical activity where they can do some form of exercise, if you've got a pool like Aspire, which is really yeah. accessible, there's ramps to get in, there's chairs, it's quite nice to just have the freedom of movement that water provides you a lot of people say they wish they could live in water oh, forever yeah. um, so we're very lucky in that respect and obviously the local population can access that facility as well yeah quite and there's been a real push recently um, about evidence of physical activity and cancer and the benefits that it brings but that can be really difficult for the sarcoma population who have mm. had massive surgery and massive insults to their especially their lower and their upper limbs they can't we advise them not to go back to running yeah. um, not to go back to bouncing on trampolines it's much harder then to find a physical activity that you can take part in that you used to enjoy so that's great having a spire on site and being able to use their facilities and try out all educate. sorts of things yeah, yeah try out things that are new we've got a, a chap that we're helping through our live life to the full campaign is somebody who's part of their i think it happened here was introduced through aspire to the basketball courts mm -hmm. and he's applied to us for a a, a specialist or some money towards a, a, a wheelchair that will mean he can play basketball and it's really important to him and it's so important to his mental health and everything and we're so pleased to be able to help him with that and I think that's he was introduced to it as I say here so Aspire is really inspiring it people, is. so it's really it great is. and the fact that you guys can help with the funding yeah. to enable that to happen makes such a big difference and you're talking about um, uh, the outcomes that you that you that you're getting here and I guess again this survivorship program of work the research actually being able to evidence how beneficial the uh, physio is will really help you to to drive that agenda forward yeah I'm massively fortunate to have the funding for um, the research physiotherapy post to now be on board um, that will make a huge difference up until now we're clinicians and our focus is very much on the people that have had surgery, have had radiotherapy, have had chemo. Uh, so our focus is very much on treatment. We haven't got an awful lot of time in our day to undertake the actual research to evidence what we do. So to be able to get outcomes and demonstrate that what we do is making a difference and how that's beneficial for patients will be huge in terms of them being able to develop, hopefully, the service further. Yeah, because we can tell you things anecdotally 
but yeah. we don't actually have the hard facts and figures behind us. No, that's going to be great. And I said about the um, about the children's approach to their rehabilitation. I know you don't work directly in paediatrics, but could you tell us, is, is there much of a difference in the approach, do you think? There is a huge difference. We're very much taught at university that children aren't just small. They're different. Um, and they are, um, obviously, they come with a very different family package to an adult. Um, they come with a very different ability to take part whereas an adult you might be able to engage them in doing 20 quads exercises a child is not going to sit and do that you need to have the imagine the imagination um, and the ingenuity to come up with multiple different games different ideas as to how to stimulate them to do something to work that muscle group that you need to work but without doing it in a dull way so the physios that work in pediatrics work very closely with play therapists um, yes. to enable that to happen um, you've also got to think about getting their trust um, and their compliance and their confidence in you to be able to make that happen. And obviously there isn't just the child, there's parents, there's often other siblings as well going through this long journey of treatment. Mm. Um, and then the impact of that on life for the rest of their days really, um, they will grow if they were nine when they had surgery they're going to grow they're going to have growth spurts they're going to have changes in leg lengths in arm lengths that all has an impact on their rehab further down the line so these people will often have regular interbursts of rehab for a lot longer than an adult might have and we do then we will see um, people who've had surgery as a child here in our 10-year follow-up clinic um, and see what sorts of things they've gone on to do. For example, I met a young lady a little while ago who's just qualified to be a doctor, and she's working um, her first year's rotation around the hospital with some very minor adaptations, having had quite extensive um, limb surgery. And she's inspirational, yeah. really. I, I've said, I've, I've, I've interviewed on Radio Broccoli before, and often the people that we've helped through through SCAT have gone on to, to go into medicine in some physiotherapy, uh, radiologist, doctor, and I, I always think, oh gosh, you'd want to never ever step foot in another hospital again. But they are so inspired by what they've seen here that they want to go on and help other people, and I'm sure that's where that seed of, of inspiration starts. Um, so it's interesting that you, that you say that as well, because it's certainly what I've, I've found. Definitely. It certainly seems to give them a drive. You'd think, yeah. like you say, they'd never want to see a yeah. hospital again, but yeah, they're driven. <laughs> they want to give something back. I think it's really amazing. Um, so you've both fundraised for SCAT. It, last year you took part in the Thames Bridges Trek. Can you tell us what you thought about that event? I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of time to spend together as a team, like the wider team, which we don't often get to do. We met team members we didn't, we didn't we even did. know. People <laughs> who live in the offices that do all sorts of different things that, yeah, we've never come across Yeah, it was amazing. Before. It was a really good day. We had good weather. Some made some amazing flapjack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi's flapjack's legendary. <laughs> and carried them for the whole 25 kilometres in her um, backpack. They're, they're weighty. Flapjacks yeah, they are very weighty. Heavy. But they definitely filled a hole. It was a fantastic day. It was really, really good, Really, really great day. Really so good much so that halfway around we were trying to come up with what we would do this year. Yes, we did see some boats 
Oh, we did. Trekking 22 miles down the Thames. That did look like fun. Yeah, nothing more has come of that, but no. the challenge is still there. Yeah, for another time. For I think another we time. Keep, keep, hold, keep that seed, grow that seed. Um, and of course, you are aware, do you, do you know how much we raised on that day? No, I don't actually know how much we raised, but I don't know how much we raised as collectively. So the twenty-one of us on that day, we raised twelve thousand pounds. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. I know. Just for having a lot of fun. For having a lot of fun. (laughs) This is what I say to people: fundraising doesn't need to be, you know, crawling through the mud. Although obviously, I'll support you if you want to do that. It can also be about getting a group of people, like you say, together. Because on that particular day, we had obviously you guys. We had. Mr. Aston, our surgeon, we had our clinical nurse specialists, we had patients, we had relatives of patients, we had just people who love SCAT and want to do everything they can to support it. And it's about bringing all those people together. We've all got one common interest, and that is, you know, this hospital and, and, and helping people with um, bone cancer. But it was a great day. It was a fantastic day. It was just so much fun and laughter. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. We really, really enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll do it again this we year. We would do it again. Yeah, for sure. Good, that's it. That's you signed Definitely. up. Definitely. Committed. Um, committed, that's it now. If you'd just like to sign <laughs> here, that would be um, So is there anything else that you particularly wanted to talk about? Is there anything that we've missed out that you think that people need to know about physiotherapy here at the RNOH? I think it's important that people just know we're here and we are accessible. Um, so anyone that's got any concerns before their surgery, after, at yeah. any point along the pathway, we're always happy to take calls or emails. Yeah, I think it's a really, certainly around the point of diagnosis, the main focus is very much on that diagnosis and people are obviously got a lot on their minds at that point in time and function maybe gets considered a little bit further down the road. But even though you've been discharged off of the wards of RNOH at that point in time, we're still here um, and we're still concerned with your function and all people need to do. They'll be followed up in clinic by oncologists, they'll be followed up by CNSs, they'll be followed up by the surgeons. All they've got to do is say to one of them in clinic that actually they'd like to speak to a physio or they'd like to get in contact. And at the very least, we can talk to someone on the telephone um, and move forward from there. And I'm quite fortunate I get to spend time in clinic with um, our consultants and and certainly when I've been in with with Mr. Aston, Mr. Pollock, anybody that says oh, I'm just not particularly happy with my function or I'm not able to do, and th- they make that part of their question. You know, are you able to do everything you need to do? And if they say no, then it's straight back referred to you. So I think that's amazing. You know, it's you're you're not just here for the bit when they've had their surgery. You're here or their chemotherapy or radiotherapy. You're absolutely here. For the duration. For the duration. That's that's such a great thing for them to have. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just us. We've got a team of occupational therapists as well that can help with things like getting back to work and driving and all those sorts yeah. of things. So there is a team here that are more than happy to help at yeah, any point. I think we're very lucky. That's good. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I know that patients um, are extremely complimentary about the physiotherapy that they receive here. I'm really excited to hear more about the survivorship programme and I think we'll get Sharon in later on when she's definitely managed yes. to conduct Let's some of the research. In first. Yeah, I think it's her first week or something, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so we'll get her back in. But from my point of view, I think you do an amazing job. Really, really well done. Um, and thank you for that. So we're going to ask you for a song. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear about this because I think it absolutely is, you know, 
what you do. We'd like to move it, move it. Yes. <laughs> We'd like to move it, move it. Thank you very, very much. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. That was real to real. I like to move it. I was at a conference recently with Hannah and Abby, and they asked everybody during their presentation to stand up, and they played that song and told everybody to do various bits of, of exercise. So I've seen how motivating that piece of music can be. You're listening to Radio Broccoli. I'm Sarah Wright, Head of Fundraising for the Skeletal Cancer Trust. This is the SCT Hour. So we've talked a little bit in our interview about the, the kind of work that SCAT does. And really our strap line is funding, funding research, providing support and changing lives together. So we really try and uh, invest in research into various projects that will help people with bone cancer in the future. The genome, uh, 100,000 genome project is something that we put money into. That's headed up by Adrian Flanagan and that really is the future of, uh, of research for, for our area and it's about looking at why cells behave the way that they do, looking at targeted treatment so that we can better target and treat the, the, the cancer that, that we're involved in. It, it's such a rare cancer that um, it is heavily underfunded. So we really do try our best to, to raise as much money as possible. And there's a whole load of different ways you can get involved in fundraising. We, we heard um, Hannah and Abby talk about the Thames Bridges Trek, which is just a great event to get involved in. We, we literally laugh our way around London. So it's 25 kilometres from west to east, over 16 of, of London's iconic bridges. And, and I really do think that fundraising should be fun. I mean, there are some of our fundraisers who crawl through mud and that's, that's, you know, that's up to them. But I think really this is a great way of getting involved, even if you're, you're not somebody who can run a marathon. You know, with a bit of training, this is a, a really achievable distance. We've got a very, uh, for the keen cyclists listening, we've got the London to Brighton. That happens on the second weekend of September. We've got the London to Paris, the, the Vietnam to Cambodia, London to Amsterdam, and these are various dates, so you know we can really work around, around your calendar. Another good way of getting involved in those kind of events is to actually enter your own team. Um, we've had people do that in the past, and it's just another good way of fundraising and having fun. And we're always open to hearing about your ideas and, and other ideas of fundraising, uh, whether that be giving up chocolate, which is quite difficult to do actually, um, donating your birthday money, um, again running, marathons, half marathons and crawling through the mud if you really want to. Um, we've had people cut their hair, grow all sorts of weird and wonderful moustaches, um, as I've said, lots of walking opportunities, cycling, but also rowing. Um, we had one of our um, patients, John, um, he had an amputation and is now a keen rower and he's, he's raised huge amounts of money for us doing that. The swimming, the swim serpentine is, is a good event as well. 
as I've said, and I think you're hoping to get the flavour of my kind of idea of fundraising is, is about having fun as well. You could host a dinner party and charge an entry, uh, run a tabletop stall, uh, run a golf day. We'll also be selling Christmas cards this year, so if you're interested in perhaps having a coffee morning and selling those, then do get in touch. It's scatbonecancertrust.com. So, as I've mentioned, uh, one of the events is the London Landmarks Half Marathon. Uh, we were very fortunate to, to have um, one of our surgeons, Rob Pollock, join the, the 10 strong team this year. And here are a few highlights that I recorded on the day. It's Sunday the 24th of March. I'm on my way to the London Landmarks Half Marathon where I'll be supporting nine runners from the sidelines of mile 10. It's a glorious day, the sun is shining, it's a fantastically well organised event and I'm hoping to catch some of my runners for an interview later on. Wish me luck! Hello Mike. Hiya. We're on the train heading up to the start line. How are you feeling? Nervous. Are you? Yes. You are going to ace it. You're going to be amazing. What time are we going for? Um, somewhere um, around two hours. Good one. That sounds excellent. But I shall see you at about mile 10 and I'll see you again at the finish line. Good luck. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, well, it was uh, painful. It was long. It was hot. It was. Um, it felt like it was hilly, even though London hills aren't really hills. It's supposed to be a flat. Um, but uh, my brother Richard and I, we trained hard, and uh, it was worth it. And we were determined to break two hours today, and we snuck in in 1:56. So we're both really happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we saw some fundraising's gone well. Yes, um, that, and that's still going. So yesterday, I think collectively we're. We're almost at 2,000 together, aren't we? We're nearly at 2,000 pounds. It'd be really nice to break that for such a fantastic charity. Uh, so SCAT can uh, carry on its good work. And Richard, what's the point? Oh, we've had so much fun along the way. Uh, um, uh, uh, despite the pain, we saw um, St Paul's Cathedral, uh, Blackfriars Bridge, the Guildhall, the, Guild the, the London Eye, Great View, Waterloo Bridge, Bank of England, the Shard, yeah, and we've had blue sky sunshine. It's been absolutely it amazing. It was an absolutely beautiful day for it. Couldn't have asked for better conditions. The crowd have been so supportive. It's been fantastic. Oh, well, I'm so proud of you. Well done. I'm, I can't thank you enough. You helped so many people by raising that much money. And you, Rob, know exactly how well that money gets spent, so thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, it's such a great charity, such a great cause. Um, we saw some guys running today with, with uh, we saw some amputees running 
Uh, everyone was running uh, today for great causes. The atmosphere is fantastic out there. And I just hope we've done a little bit for SCAP. Um, we know that that money is well spent um, and it is a charity that's so close to my own heart. Um, you know, and we'll keep going, keep raising money for it. Thank you so much. Thank oh, it's you. been a great pleasure to support. Thank you. That's good. Does that mean you'll do it again? Yeah, yes, it might absolutely. well be. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mad yep, dog bring it on. Runner. <laughs> bring it on. Thank you. Thank okay. Okay, I'm in the Red Lion Club. I'm here with Poppy, daughter of Mike and Jacob, son of Mike. It sounds a bit difficult to say that. Um, are you proud of your daddy? Yeah. Was it nice to see him run past you? Yeah. Did we all cheer like absolute maniacs? Yeah. Well done. I think your daddy's great to you. Yeah. Well done, daddy. Well, that's it. As the London Landmarks Half Marathon Day comes to a close, I'm pleased to still have a voice. I've enjoyed watching our runners come past, cheering them on. It's been wonderful to see so many people here turned out today to actually support them from the sidelines. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful event. I can't recommend it highly enough. And please do get in touch if you'd like to be part of the team for next year. We've raised an incredible amount of money and the money is still trickling in. So thank you again to everybody from the people who've run for us to those who've supported them, for those who have fundraised and given the money to, to help them along the way. Thank you, thank you. It's been incredible. Have you seen the old man? That was Streets of London by Ralph McTell. You're listening to Sarah Wright on the SCT Hour on Radio Broccoli. I really hope you've enjoyed listening to this programme. And if you'd like to, to hear more of our shows, then please visit the Radio Broccoli website. Um, you can also find our shows and many other great Radio Broccoli programmes on YouTube. If you'd like to find out more about how to get involved in our charity, you can visit our website, which is scatbonecancertrust.com. A really good way of keeping up to date with all the sorts of things we're involved in is by subscribing to our newsletter. And that's really simple. You just literally write subscribe and email rnoh.scat at nhs.net. You can find on our website all the different ways you can get involved in fundraising and if you've just generally got a question or something you've listened to today um, makes you want to get in touch then please do just just email me I, I'm always happy to hear from people you can follow us on Facebook it's very easy at at scat bone cancer trust and on Instagram you'll find us scat underscore bone underscore cancer underscore trust Thank you for listening. I, I really enjoy putting these shows together and, and I, I, I want it to be a roundup of all the sorts of things we're getting involved in, um, but also really encourage you to, to take part as well. So this is the SCT Hour. I'm Sarah Wright. This is Radio Broccoli. And we're going to play out now with one of my favourites. It's Benny and the Jets by Elton John.